living in it, like with neighbors or coworkers, or mm-hmm. you know, you, you've got so, sometimes. At, hey, it's not. It's no surprise, especially not in this country. Coworkers go off the deep end. They get fired. They mm-hmm. kill their other coworkers or their students or kids at school. It's, it's stupid, but. So the anatomy of peace is about how we look at and it's it's a huge book it's a it's a great book you can almost you can't find anybody that's read that book I think that isn't at least appreciative of the book uh, if you read some of the uh, um, the quotes the forward, reviews the forward mm-hmm. it, uh, of it and it's it's uh, pretty remarkable but so so today we're going to talk about two things and I mentioned that I was going to mention what I did today I had a Client. Hello there, Radio World. <laughs> can you hear? I don't know. Let's see. I mean, I can hear us perfectly. Hello, hello. Oh, no, I can. Go. <laughs> sound good. That's always a good thing when we yeah. can hear the, the oh. playback, so to speak. Oh, wow. Um, we just had a had a friend of the station come pick up his stuff he carried a big load (laughs) meaning he's got like a backpack he's got a sleeping bag he's got all kinds of stuff yeah more power to you yeah apparently he's um he he's a musician or partaker with diamond dave's show that's on every um friday afternoon um from three to six p.m and he's he's a veteran he's been here a really long time since you know the beginning of pirate cat radio pretty much i'm not sure um he's kind of a local legend in the san francisco bay area because he's he's lived here for a while and i think he somehow crossed paths with monkey back in the day when he was um before probably before he even came into this spot here uh, we're located at 2781 21st street on the corner of 21st and florida in the mission district of san francisco and both of us have been here for a couple of years now so yeah. it's good to have some i guess we're veterans now i guess so i guess we're one of the oldies goodies time will time will tell will it not <laughs> At least we're sticking around. We're still doing our thing. Yeah, at least we're, that's true. At least we've kind of stuck it through thick and thin. And that, I think, says a lot about who we are. Our personalities. Oh, God, we I don't give up on things. You. Just kidding. <laughs> I can't stand myself. Let we can't stand each else. other, but we still do it for the, for the fans. <laughs> Just like all of our favorite bands over the years. Yeah, they can't stand each other, but, you know. They're still Except doing it. Except for the Smiths, but... We forgive them. They didn't make it. They didn't make it. They're but, never gonna um, make it. They're a little fragmented, but at least I mean, at least they're still making music. They're just not. I'm doing surprised it the Stone Roses. I don't. Because I know you're gonna read a news on them, but um, I'm surprised they stood together after the movie we watched. I yeah. thought that was like. And another. that's something that you know every band has to deal with. But maybe it's. Maybe it's the money. Maybe it's, you know, the fact that they get to, you know, come to the States. Who knows what, like, keeps them going? You know, it's, yeah. I mean, the music, for one thing, is important. But mm-hmm. they have. That should be the most important. Yeah. They have such a big following, you know, in their home home country. So it's kind of like, oh, wow, they're actually coming here. That's, like, a big deal. <laughs> but I feel like they but, still have issues within the band itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially the drummer. Mm-hmm. He's like a diva. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that they, you know, they were at Coachella a couple of years ago, um, and I think that was the only time they were over here, at least since the 90s, um, 
and that was kind of a weird thing but now that they're going to be in new york i feel like well i better go now before it's too late get to another bite <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly but uh get going while the going's good is yeah. that the thing okay <laughs> so that's that's my uh thought behind it so fingers crossed for that um they're going to be playing at madison square garden on june 30th and it's not sold out yet so you can still get tickets if you're going to be in the area (laughs) meaning new york city so that's going to be my birthday present to myself and um, they've been in the news recently they just released a new single and um, there's a lot of talks about them doing tours they're going to be playing a couple festivals over the summer in the UK Um, then I think they have dates in it's either China or Japan might be Japan Um, I guess they have a following there as well Um, so last week the Stone Roses released a new song for the first time since 1995 all for one delighted many disappointed others and raised big questions such as what does this mean for the new album we attempt to answer it over the next four pages but first Barry Nicholson explains why this is such a seismic event this is an article in the latest edition of The Enemy you can find this online enemy.com When it finally came after a week of cryptic posters and years of speculation, the announcement of the first new Stone Roses song in over two decades was functional rather than florid. The Stone Roses will release a new single tonight at 8 p.m., ran the press press release, declining to mention Quell's surprise, whether an album was to follow. The only additional detail was a shot by photographer Penny Smith of Ian, John, Manny, and Rennie stood in front of a car cackling like hyenas, presumably at the thought of the chaos those 11 little words would cause. The prospect of new material is always the most tantalizing aspect of any reunion. During the 2011 press conference confirming the Roses' reconciliation, Ian Brown revealed they'd been writing, yet added, I've heard a few people saying, you're going to destroy the legacy, but that's not our intention. In this this modern age of online snark, it would have been easy to play it safe, but to rest on their laurels would have been a betrayal of what this most iconoclastic of bands once stood for. Over the years, new music hasn't always looked like a given. Rumors of another breakup were swirling not long ago. As magical as the 2012 Manchester shows were, there was a fear the reunion had lapsed into what Brown had sworn it would never become, a trip down memory lane. That's what makes All for One a huge deal. Five years on from their return, the Stone Roses are making good on their promise to shake up the world. The best band in the world, right? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> well, one of them. I remember that from the documentaries. Like, what, what's, what is it that you're trying to achieve? I think the lady asked it. Uh-huh. She's like, we yeah. just want to be the best band in the world. Yes. <laughs> well, let's see if they can own up to it. Yeah. Um, anatomy of all for one. Oh, they have a whole page on it. Do the, do the lyrics mean anything? Why are there only 59 words? Which Led Zeppelin song does it sound like? Oh what did the fans think? Yeah, these, these people are insane. I love it. Okay. So the producer, All For One, was recorded with Paul Epworth, easily the UK's most in-demand producer in 2016, at his plush North London studios, The Church, in late March. It was here that Enemy Collard 
and upbeat Ian Brown, who told us the sessions were going like a dream. Although he's best known for being Adele's producer, Epworth was a product of the mid-2000s UK indie scene. He got his start working with bands including Baby Shambles, Block Party, Friendly Fires, and Florence and the Machine, and his production on All for One is far closer to that than anything else he's done this decade. Just note Rennie's rollicking drums, which sound far heavier than normal, and the gliding bass line from Manny, both seemingly taking great influence from ballsy 70s glam rock acts like T-Rex and Slade. Uh, the build-up. Fans have speculated about new material ever since the band's reunion. Ian Brown confirmed they'd be releasing new material at some point, but when would it drop? We'll just keep writing and it's our standard, we'll go, he said, adding, we'll write it until the wheels fall off like we did last time. Uh, the Ian Brownisms. Although the words are economical, there are tropes familiar to much of Brown's work in All for One. There's a whiff of the biblical in the line inside of me for all to see. I'll see also I am the resurrection and second coming, and a floating reference to the mystery of it all without telling us what the mystery actually is. Typical Brown. Okay, I'll read one more. The main theme. There's an underlying feeling of unity about what Ian Brown sings and how he sings it. It's the kind of schoolyard sloganeering that harks back to classic acid house songs of the late 80s. The feels pertinent because the roses have been dogged by rumors of internal strife since the 2012 warm-up gig in Amsterdam at which Ian Brown told the audience Rennie was a cunt after the drummer failed to return to the stage for an encore which we saw in the documentary if anything what all for one insinuates is that the stone roses are very very tight right now but uh to be continued for how long right (laughs) all for one one for all oh lord (laughs) (laughs) said it um i had david byrne Mm -hmm. see i pronounced it without trouble this time Wrote a musical about Joan of Arc. This is weird. Uh, St. Joan hits the New York Public Theater on Valentine's Day 2017. Something to look forward to. Not that we're looking forward to dates. Um, David Byrne has announced a new musical, St. Joan. Set to premiere at the Public Theater in New York on February 14, 2017. It will tell the story of Joan of Arc in an email to fans. Byrne uh, wrote, it will have almost all complimentary music with very little spoken text. He also explained why he chose to write about the legendary figure. Uh, why has the story endured over, uh, this is a quote, why has the story endured over centuries and been made into a, uh, so many plays and movies? Because it's about someone, a nobody, a teenage girl. Who, aspired, uh, who inspired others to act, to overthrow their oppressors, and to take charge of their lives. Uh, she transforms for, from an innocent into an androgynous warrior, and finally a murder. Um, Joan's story is about the power of the individual to make a difference. And for me, that, that uh, the hubris and sometimes oversteps the... Uh, that often go along with that. In other words, it's completely relevant. The ending of Joan of Arc's tale is well known, but Byrne has offered the finale for his retelling. On stage, imagine a singer, a contemporary young woman backed by her inspired band, um, ultimately 
immolated in at the end of her concert. Um, St. Jonas Burns' second foray into musical theater. Back in 2013, he collaborated with Fatboy Slim for Here Lies Love, which he also performed at the Public Theater. Mm-hmm. Alex Timber, who directed Here Lies Love, will rejoin Byrne in, as a director for St. Joan. And you can watch David Byrne on Pitchfork TV or pitchfork.tv. Um, and he's just playing a building for Pitchfork. So oh, if you're interested yeah. in that, you have like... What, nine months, <laughs> nine months to <laughs> save take, up and uh take it all in yeah travel all the way to new york and uh, do, do you think they'll ever get back together oh i don't Talking know it. i mean you you've seen <laughs> they always speculate they yeah. they got pretty close like a couple weeks ago and it kind of got my hopes up and then i was like well you have at least seen tom tom club yeah and you've seen david byrne um no i haven't you haven't Mm-mm. okay no, but, I haven't um, seen him perform. But we've we I think we got a few chances. He was here touring not too long ago. I think he was. He was he was with uh Saint Vincent yeah. a couple of years ago. Recently. I think they only did a few shows for that one. I, I don't think any of those were here. Yeah. And then he did something like a year or two ago, but it was like some kind of festival or yeah, he was doing probably solo material is what I'm guessing, but not not talking heads at all um but you never know right stranger things have happened right. this year so um fingers and toes crossed for what might happen in the future i'm sorry but i can't cross my toes <laughs> <laughs> you could try <laughs> maybe i can yeah but i mean that would be exciting that would be you know worth seeing yeah i mean if that ha- ever happened <laughs> i can't think of any of his solo stuff I'm sure was, he plays Talking Heads shit too. It's weird, but one song that came out, it must have been 2002 because my mom had just purchased a new like computer. It was yeah. a desktop, not a laptop. Wow. And one of his songs, exciting, so. I can't remember the name of it, but it was some song that he had released, but he must have had some kind of deal with Windows because it was a Windows computer. Yeah. And that song like came up like every time like I went into Windows Media oh, Player. You know. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but it was something like more, it was contemporary because yeah, yeah. it was recent. But I was like, oh, there he is. <laughs> All I can think of when I think of art is that, that first line out of uh, Road to Nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Uh, he's, he's talented, though. I'm not going to lie. He is. Although some of that talent lies within the girls from uh, Tom Tom Club. Mm-hmm. You know Tina what? Weymouth. And then Chris, the I forget his last name. He's the drummer, mm-hmm. and they're I think they're married. Chris Franz and Tina Weymouth, they're married. And then um, Jerry, I forgot his last name. He was the I don't know. he was the keyboardist slash. Um, uh, I think he also played bass. guitar. Oh. Yeah, and bass. He was like multi instrumentalist. I can't remember his last name, but he was at he was at the the David Bowie tribute show, I think. Holy holy. Yeah, the one at the Regency. Um, but anyways, I mean, I got pretty close to seeing them, but not the same. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It would be like going to see ACDC now. It would be like really, really strange. <laughs> 
Like somebody but you want to. Somebody was trying to I mean, I was considering it when Brian Johnson was still like in the group, but now that it's um Axel Rose, it's right. like uh, I can't. <laughs> I'm just I'm not I guess a lot of people are Guns N' Roses and A C D C fans and they would probably get it maybe, but I was never a fan of Guns N' Roses. Never. I wasn't a fan, but I did like to sing along to their songs, to uh, to some of their songs. Because we, always... we didn't really have a choice. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were on the radio, like, a lot. They got and, a lot of um, airplay. And they were catchy, but mm-hmm. there was a point, you know, when each Guns N' Roses song has, like, a breakdown. Like, where do we go? And, uh, you know, like, I just hate the breakdown. Like, you don't have to do that, Axel. Like, we get it, you know? <laughs> and it's just, like, trying to, like, like expand mm-hmm. the song. Mm-hmm. I just, just, I don't get it. But I'm not that much into, I do like some radio, like, what, what do you call those? Um, big hair rock or whatever. Oh, hair metal. Hair metal or whatever. I don't know. Crap music. What? Yeah. <laughs> I call it a hairspray music. Hairspray. Um, <laughs> they used a lot of hairspray back then. They used a lot of different ailments. Yeah. To keep it going. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I I feel like I was a weird time. It was a weird time. We didn't actually live in that time where they were coming out. I was alive. But you weren't. You weren't <laughs> conscious, conscientious of it. I wasn't. No. Yeah. I was not paying attention to the world. Right. So what I'm saying is, like, it's there, and it's on the radio all the time, but it's not something that I would pay money to see life, especially at their age and with all the drugs they've done. He can't stand up. No. He was... He's trying. He was sitting, right? I mean, those guys have diabetes now, like, their livers... Are you serious? Is that why he can't stand? Well, I know the guy from, um... Oh, I feel sick. Brett Michaels has diabetes. Oh, he does? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's why he did that um, that mm. show where he was trying to find like a wife or something. Oh. And like he would always bring up like, "Wow, you've helped me a lot with my diabetes." Like I didn't know that. Yeah, that's interesting. Because their their uh, pancreas don't work anymore from all the drugs. Oi. Mm-hmm. Well, don't do drugs. That's the, <laughs> that's the the gist of the whole conversation. The takeaway. Do yeah. So don't I can't start shit. smoking. You can smoke weed and but, maybe tobacco. But I don't want to smell like cigarettes. <laughs> it's supposed to How about be like a pheromone. We'll buy a pack of cigarettes and I'll smoke them and I'll blow smoke <laughs> at you. Well, girlfriend, we got something to think about you now. You got a deal? <laughs> <laughs> your next story. Like how we're like trying to be like rock stars or yeah. something. Like we're trying but to. But not really. But not really. We don't want to live that life. No. Okay. Should I finish um, the story about All for One? I feel like I should since I I started it. Basically, they're breaking down the new song because that's what people do when they're really into music and they're really obsessed with whatever these bands are doing. And I I think it's funny. I I get something out of it. Okay. So the lyrics for All for One, (laughs) they said it, All for One, One for All. If we all join hands, we'll make a wall. Inside of me, for all to see, in harmony, all designed to be. The mystery all eyes can see, chemistry, all one family. Inside of me, okay, and then you just repeat it. Oh, no, you don't. Inside of me, all over me, behind of me. 
right in Ooh. front of me. Ooh, wow. I like the sound of this. Inside of me for ah. all to see. Oh. In harmony. Oh. All one family. Wait, is this an orgy? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> okay, this is getting a little interesting. Now I now I really do have to see it's like breaking it down. The lyrics, the main theme, the fifty nine words. I'm not I'm not making it up. I like um, how it's fifty nine but not sixty nine. They could have mm, easily turned out real dirty. Yeah. Shoulda coulda woulda. Uh, the guitars, John Squire's guitars are all over this track. His two-note riff kicks things off, and from there he gallops along while the rest of the band try to keep up. He sounds like he's been unleashed from the traps after decades locked away. There's a nod to the whole lot of love era. Genius of Jimmy Page, especially in the 12-bar solo Squire plays halfway through. Uh, the fan reaction. <laughs> Sex on Toast by Jake Marley. Um, I can picture gangs of Mancunian brickies singing it all at work while productivity soars and friendships strengthen. Danny McMoonis. McMoomins. <laughs> Amazing. Proper stadium bouncer. Mark Cox. Unreal. Squire's guitar solo is the stuff of dreams. Ross McKay. I think I like that one the best one more it's all right the guitar is good lyrics are pretty crap made to be used at the end of super sunday on sky sports <laughs> tom wells okay one more the 59 words some fans derided the words both for their quality and quantity but 59 is loads compared to nirvana school 15 words the stone roses i want to be adored 15 words Joe Cocker, you are so beautiful. 15 words. Iron Butterfly, Inagata Davida. 30, despite the song being over 17 minutes long. <laughs> um, that was kind of an informative article. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't really, I don't, we don't really see articles like that too much anymore. But I guess also for bands that have been around for so long, it's like they kind of, you know, they want to keep up with what they're doing and then if it's been a long time before they've released new material obviously yeah. they're gonna try and pick it apart and do that uh, whole thing doing so much with radiohead's new album yeah yeah but you love every second of it <laughs> i do but i'm just like can we just let them like play do their the song without you taking it apart like yeah i mean i kind of I didn't really to be honest I didn't really read too many of the articles I just kind I of didn't either wanted to, I don't want to listen to it and yeah. didn't really want to give a sh that's how I am about I've always been this way about music I don't really care about other people's opinion, opinion. it's what you get out of it right yeah because a lot of the shit I like is not popular by any means to the general public but I fucking adore it you know yep just because it has my it has my own I can relate to it in a certain way that nobody else can. In Ian Brown's words, I want to be adored. I do. Point blank. In sadder news, uh, we have another death. Got another one that we lost. Beastie Boys guitarist John Barry died at 52. Oh, yeah. Barry's credited with naming the group. Good for him. Uh, guitarist John Barry, an original member of the rap group BC Boys, has died. 
He was 52 and passed away in uh, in hospice in Danvers, Massachusetts, this morning, which is this is like from the 19th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rolling Stone reports. Barry was in the Beastie Boys from 1981 to 82, so it was just oh, wow. a short stint. Early years. He is credited with giving the group its name. Hmm. He played on the Beastie Boys' first EP, Polly Wong Stew, before exiting the group in 1982. That fucking rhymes. He was later replaced by Ad Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry is the second member of the iconic group to pass away. Rapper Adam MCA Joush died in 2012. Barry was originally in the band called The Young Aborigines with Mike D and Kate. Oh, I'm going to fuck up your name. Oh, Schellenbach. I remember that. Um, when the trio met Josh, mm-hmm. they took up the moniker Beastie Boys. And you can check out Polly Wong's two EP down below on the link. This is again out of pitchfork.com. Yeah, that's a bummer. They weren't even, I mean, that's what's so weird about like when they come down with something like cancer it's like they're not even that old like well i think I mean? his was um dementia oh okay he had frontal 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 lobe dementia wow so he was Sounds terrible he was pretty gone that's a shame yeah yeah that's one of the bands i really wish i could have seen yeah. Beastie boys for sure it sucks though because he was in a hospice so that means like your family wasn't able to take care of you properly so you are that far off well well condolences to his family and friends and all that yeah and cheers to the rest of us who still have a chance (laughs) (laughs) no i'm i'm being serious by the way um well anyways if you're still listening um we're gonna play a couple songs and then um as you might know the buzzcocks are starting their tour tonight actually in vancouver canada they're playing a sold out show over there and they're going to be making their way to slims on wednesday night and um, that show's probably going to sell out as well so Make sure you get your tickets for that. Or if you're going to be in SoCal, they're going to be playing at the Mayan Theater in downtown LA on Thursday, May 26th. And then the 28th, they're going to be in Orange County, uh, Santa Ana, to be specific at the observatory. So you can go to their website, buzzcocks.com, to see if they're going to be in your city on this upcoming West Coast tour. I don't think they've played Seattle in a really long time they sold out um i think it's called numos never been there um so yeah go ahead and check it out um i was able to catch up very quickly with mr steve diggle he's one of the original members of the band um so you want to stay tuned for that um talk about some really introspective uh, personal things we always we always kind of start somewhere and then we kind of go off into like the wilderness or some other place but I I mean I kind of like that and enjoy that about you know our dynamic as as friends that we're able to do that and I think when I interview other people I kind of always aspire to that like I always kind of want it to start somewhere and then and then go somewhere else and you never know where you're gonna end up but that doesn't always happen for us but anyways um stay tuned um Again, uh, upcoming interview with uh, Steve Diggle from the Buzzcocks. Three, five, oh, one, two, five, go! I was 
control, in control too Cause I'm pumping what you used to Till the whole juice crew gets me in my goose down goose I down. do a rebel yell And I'ma do it down I call it plain insane Brothers causing me pain When the brothers are victim And the cellar's a dweller in a cave Yo, Rocky, I'm a Thank you. 
about craft work we were uh, weirdos that's from <laughs> tour de france titanium and i was lucky enough to see them two i think it was two years ago i coughed up yeah. the money and it was a 3d show at the fox theater and that was that was pretty cool i enjoyed it good but um yeah, I mean, I'm okay with just seeing them one time. I don't know if I'd see them again, because I was like, whoa, it's a lot of money to cough up. For. How much was it? It was 100 Oh, Yeah. Ugh. It was like one of those. Oh, like, I think you you bought it through somebody else, right? Because it was sold out? Or? Yeah. Because I remember you told me about that. You're like, I have to pay this guy $100. Yeah, I think it was like more than I was wanted to pay for it. But anyways... I got to go. Yeah. So no complaints there. I've been. We've been to a lot of good shows at the the Fox. I haven't been to the Fox in a while. I think the last uh, band I saw there was Cold War Kids last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Um, I think Pet Shop Boys are going to be playing there again later this year. Um, there's got to be somebody else, but they have a lot of big name acts that play there now so i heard gang of four is going to be back gang of four is going to be playing at the regency so i'll probably be going to that one i forgot who's opening for them somebody else that i know i should go see them with you the faint i don't know are they popular the faint is opening i've i've heard of them before but i have no i've never heard their music i don't have a recollection yeah but anyways gang of i'm glad you brought that up 
Gang of Four will be back. Echo and the Bunnymen are going to be playing the month before in September at the Regency. So there's going to be some good shows there. It was there was like a whole year where we didn't go Last there. Year. Last year we didn't go at all. We didn't go at all. But now it's like they're slowly having Going more. I think it turned into like a metal, like a hip-hop. black metal hip hop. T- like, like, and they're doing a lot of like EDM now. Yeah, every time we would walk by or take the bus or something, it was like a bunch of people dressed in black. Yeah. <laughs> Not to judge, but. No. Just being honest. But we were like, we don't know. We don't know this band. Sorry. Yeah. We're Sorry. not that cool. Sorry. But anyways, that's something to look forward to. It's easy to get to for both of us. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's not as hot as it was during um, the Noel Fielding show. Remember how it hot it was? It always gets hot there, though. Does it? Yeah. They oh. usually have fans, but they couldn't keep the fans on. Mm-hmm. For the During. comedy show, because he's, you know, he's talking and those fans are loud. But eventually they finally put one out right next to us, which is nice. Yeah. But we were dying. And I, I think everybody, instead of drinking alcohol, they were just drinking water. Like, it's that bad. Like, oh, I'm dying. Oh, he's so funny. But <laughs> yeah, he even said it was hot. He's like, is this normal? He's like, oh. no, <laughs> no, was this like, is weird for us, too. It was a heat wave. Yeah. Uh, before that was a song that was not featured in Spectre the movie. <laughs> no, but it's still named after the movie. Mm-hmm. Radiohead. There were. Uh, that was the first time I'd heard it. By the way, it had some of those James Bond feels and the breaks. Yeah. But then the main part of it, I was like, I can't see that fitting in with the movie. And so I guess I, they couldn't either because they did not pick it. They picked Sam Smith instead. Good old Sam. Yeah. Uh, it's still, I think it's still a good song. Do you think they'll play any of, they'll probably play some of the newer material at so, yes. Outside Lens? I actually have a picture, but you should probably finish naming the songs. And then the song before that uh, was Public Enemy. Um, and actually, I believe Rage Against the Machine kind of was inspired by bands like Public Enemy and right. Beastie Boys and political that whole thing. Uh, so the song is called Prophets of Rage and the new project, including ex-members of Rage Against the Machine, Chuck D from Public Enemy and possibly Be Real from, from Cypress Hill. There's like a new project or release or something is happening like on June 1st. So I feel like that's kind of exciting because I never got to see any of those bands. And it's called Prophets of... Prophet of Rage. Prophet Prophets of Rage. Of Rage. Um, so if you go to the website... I feel like they're coming up... It's good that they're coming out right now because it's oh, yeah. the political... I was like, oh my God, it. it's, it's like It's kind of needed, yeah. Yeah, and I've been listening to them a lot more recently too. Um, Public Enemy, I know some of their stuff, but I grew up listening to Rage, so I was yeah. kind of like, well... They don't. They're not doing it anymore, but it's still pretty relevant. So the guy I went on a date with, not la- this last time, but the yeah. time before that, was really into Rage Against the Machine. Really, and uh, Faith No More. Oh, how funny! And I was just like, this is really like those are his two favorite bands, and I was oh. like, oh, this is weird. Faith, Faith No More was actually really political too, right? Yeah, I think. So. But they were not as they were early. I want to maybe they were a bit nineties, but I remember somebody was telling me they were like. They were like contemporaries of like Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they were better than Red Hot Chili Peppers. And yeah, this is like one of the like, guys that believe that, and I mean, I guess in his eyes they are, but um, whatever. 
But I was just like, you're younger than me, and this is your favorite band? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because they're such, like, to me, they're, such, they're like just one hit wonders from the 90s. Faith and Faith, Faith and more? more, yeah. Yeah. Because they only have one or two hits. There's really. one video at MTV that comes to mind. That, yeah, you know, that really does powerful he have song? Sh- does he have his shirt off? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I know he had dreadlocks, like, uh, like yeah. Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. yeah, he had the long hair. That's, I think that's the only time I've heard of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I'm like, don't ever talk shit about Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ever. Ever. <laughs> give it away, give it away. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyways, apparently Anthony's doing better now. So he's... Good. They're going to be... Um, a friend of mine's going to see them at uh, Bottle Rock... I kind of wish I was going, but that would be the, I think uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Lenny Kravitz would be the only bands I would really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we saw the Peppers a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, it would be fun. I mean, I'm sure they'll be back. They played Oracle like within the past couple of years, I think. Yeah. Or the last time they toured, they played at Oracle, so. And they played for um, that company, was it Dreamforce? Oh, did they do that? Yeah, because we went to see we went to the one bar with the weird Irish guy who was getting to a fight with uh, customers, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Chili Peppers fan, and I went to see that. We just snuck into the convention." Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "This is weird. That's weird. I don't want to go to a fucking convention. Me I want to see him at Oracle." But you will. <laughs> <laughs> Not for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Limited times. Um, but we, you had to choose where to see them. I've, right here. They can perform. Have a stage. Perform. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would be like. We would be hosting that shit. We were all that's over. like one of my dreams. Like having Peter Hook, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. like at the studio. And like That'd people, be rad, people just like all the way like out. past the BART station, like lining up. Or it'd be like a secret show and. No, and then oh, like only limited people would be we, here and then by the time people found out it'd be over how would we volunteer for that because you know how, th- do they still do that <laughs> i'm not <laughs> joking with always, you i don't I'm, know i know bands still do it because i know franz ferdinand had one that's right? the last one i remember and, through live uh, 105 not that we don't endorse them, by the way. No, but there, I mean, there's been there's been a lot more bands who do secret shows, but for some reason, they don't really do them in SF that much. I think I want to say Green Day does a couple of them per year, and yeah. they do it under pseudonyms. I think they did it at the Mezzanine. Um, I want to say it was last year, and I was really pissed because I found out like the day after. And then Red Hot, uh, not Red Hot Chili Peppers, Third Eye Blind did it right after, right. remember? We That's, were here. And we were, and I was like, um, they just played a secret show at the chapel and I can go. <laughs> and I'm sure they do it yeah. in LA because that's where they're from. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're from here. Rajah the Peppers? Oh no, Third Eye Blind. Well, that's what I'm saying because they're from here. That makes sense for yeah. them. Like yeah. same thing with Green Day. Yeah. But we would probably True. have more, more luck back home that's true um but radiohead also did one in berkeley oh, and really? there and the marquee just had it had like six question marks oh really yeah so you didn't where did they perform the greek theater <sighs> no that wouldn't be a secret though <laughs> no the greek theater. i don't know i'll i'll the guy who went on a date with last time 
that's cool. Said it. I, do, I don't know cool. what he said. Yeah, hopefully, um, I guess with like in, uh, Instagram and, and Facebook, it's easier to find out about those. Yeah. Kind well, of this is back in 2008, 2007. Oh, wow. Back in the day. Back in the day. He's old. Back in the day. There's some good shows back then. Well, anyways, um, one of the original members from uh, Kleenex uh, slash Lilliput passed away this past week, Marlene Martyr. So uh, I'm sure I've played this song before, but this is one of my favorite songs by them. Um, funnily enough, Red Hot Chili Peppers in this set. Um, then we'll close it out with... Uh, lipstick by the buzzcocks and then um you'll be hearing my interview with the lovely steve diggle stay tuned for more mutiny radio
Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Awesome. All good. It's um, <laughs> been kind of a crazy day so far, has it not? Yeah, well, it's been a crazy year. I've not stopped all year. I've been very busy doing all the tours, and um, it's all been going well. And um, in between the tours, doing my albums, I've not stopped, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, not a day off or anything. Just been rocking on all the way through it all. <laughs> awesome. Well, you're going to be but, here. Uh, that's, what, gonna, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. You're going to be <clears throat> in North America starting this weekend, I believe. Your the tour starts in Vancouver. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, and we're looking forward to that, yeah. It's all good. Yeah. And you're going to be playing you know, at Slim. Yeah, it's always Slim. a good show. Uh -huh. Yep. Slim's again, yeah. It's always a good and show at Slim. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on Wednesday, May 25th, and the residuals are going to be opening for you. Um, you played with them last year, is that right? Yeah. It's become like a... Our second home in Frisco, isn't it? Slim's, really. We've done it a few times over the years, and there's always a good crowd there. Always a good vibe every time we play. It's like an intimate gig, isn't it? So yes. I think uh, you get quite, a, get quite a good thing of the Buzzcock, say, and yes. then sort of an intimate show, yeah. Right. And what is your yeah. favourite... What's your favorite song to play uh, when you're on tour? Is there a specific song that's kind of important to you? Well, they all are in a way, you know. They're all good songs, really. You know, I like doing the I like doing Sip City. We've just been doing that in Spain, and uh, I think that is becoming a, a bit of a, a classic with people now. You know, it's kind of known and. It's kind of unknown and known, you know what I mean, with the crowd, <laughs> with the audience, with the Buzzcocks fans. It's, it's not as known generally as some of the other ones that are a bit older and have been around for a while, but um, that always goes down well at the shows. And um, um, people that don't know that song, then um, um, a surprise, and it, people that do know it, you know what I mean, they came to it. So it's always good to do that one. And, and of course, Harmony in my head, we open up a bit now, and I do some guitar riffs and noises in the middle, which, you know, makes it interesting for, for me and for us, you know, the band. Right. I, I think it just uh, frees it up a bit rather than just restricting it just to uh, a song, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's good for that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And but where would you... Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, I was just going to say, but yeah, the whole set kind of works at the moment. We've had to pick stuff off each album uh, as best we can, you know, uh, within the time. In the hour and a half or well, however long we do. Um, so, yeah, it's all good for that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's always going to be some you don't play, but you can't be them all. We've been there all week. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the ultimate experience. <laughs> well, it was. Maybe we should do that one day. But it's a lot of energy put into that one, you know, hour and a half. A lot of energy there. So, I mean, it's it's kind of full on. And, uh, you know, it, it works. 
Matter of fact, we, you know, we do songs off the way. People are strange machines. That's goes down well as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like doing that one as well, thinking about it, yeah. Yeah. And um, next question, where would you like to play live that, that you haven't been to yet on tour? Is there anywhere that you'd be interested in, in going to that the band hasn't been to yet? <clears throat> There's not many places we haven't been to now. I mean, I never thought we'd be playing Russia or China, and we right. did that, you know. But um, um, there's not that many places left. Maybe India might be weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like the rock and roll scene, he said. <laughs> well, just because of, yeah, just of the funny. fact that we've never, <clears throat> never been there. But um, it's good to come back to the States because, you know, um, people in the States from... Back in the day, I've always been with us, so that's been always a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, find out people know the Buzzcocks in the America and stuff, and um, we've always been able to come to America and play. It's been great, really. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is the home of rock and roll, apart from Britain, you know. Well, we started from you guys and then sold you back. That's what they say. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a mutual exchange, a hand across the water. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And um, this year you are celebrating 40 years of great music, which is a milestone not many bands are able to claim. What has been the key to your success? <clears throat> um, I don't know really, but well, I, I guess like the kind of passion for doing it, you know. Yeah. When we started out all those years ago, I mean, you had the passion and the vibe for life, you know, and right. for music in life and how it reflects everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of still there, you know. That, yep. That's still there. When you play to the crowd, you mm-hmm. kind of realise that it's uh, still an important thing, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, music in your life, yeah. Mm-hmm. Considering there's so much uh, bad music around, <laughs> or <laughs> you know, sort of general music because of right. the corporate world. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, we don't come from come from that area, so it's great that people like acknowledge that really and know about that the the, the other world, you know, mm-hmm. the world of guitars and. People just singing with the guitar and stuff in the band. Right. Um, yeah, you know, because it's easier to put a few drum loops together or something. Right. Or, you know, these talent talent shows and all this kind of stuff. But mm. that that isn't Little Richard or Chuck Berry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not the rawness of the music. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those mm-hmm. things still count to people, you know. Yeah, it's not about making hits. It's about making music that you know you can kind of relate to in different ways, really. Mm-hmm. That's why in my new album, Inner Space Time, is about looking inside yourself and going on a journey of internal things. For this one, you know, ain't really a punk rock album. This one, I thought in the era of punk, I'll do something the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but that tells me, you know, I've got to move on in different areas, you know. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with punk rock, it's just that as an artist and doing albums over the years, um, you think, well, let's 
let's uh, roll the dice and do something else, you know. Right. And go on another journey with it, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but that keeps me alive, and the fact that, I'm, you know, the fact that I've just done that one as well, it's like, yeah, you know, there's other, other things to deal with with it, yeah. And but like I say, on that internal thing, you know. Right. I think having a consciousness about what we're doing, who we are in a different way, you know. Yeah, who are you? Which fascinates way? me. Huh? Who are who you? Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> I know who I was, but I don't know um, who I'm going to be in the future. <laughs> That's what's oh, yeah. exciting about life. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, next question. Um, you... But it's all work in progress. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, would you say you're aware of the passing of, everyone's aware of the passing of David Bowie. Um, would you say that you were influenced by him, and why do you think he has such a big impact on music today? Sorry, who was that again? Oh, um, David Bowie. Uh, but, um, that's okay. Um, <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard of him, yeah. Sorry, it was just a bad line. I wasn't being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> of course. Not. <clears throat> um, it's um, it's um, um, yeah. I mean, um, thing is, when you when you look at things that have influenced you, you know, Bowie's obviously one of them. You know, mm-hmm. um, and um. I think it's a little bit of influence on him on the album I've just done, but, um, um, you know, I grew up in the 60s with all the great bands there and stuff, and, um, you know, you get influenced by them as well over the right. years, but, you know, you have your own take on things, you know, you, you've got to be influenced, but, you know, you're influenced by everything, really. Um, um, and, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's very sad that he's gone, and, um, Actually, um, before he died, I had, I had the book, Bowie's Berlin Period. And many years ago, I went to the Hansa Studios where he recorded um, 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 those albums, you know. Um, um, uh, and uh, he did the album really you pop the passenger and all that kind of stuff. And um, I've got some loads of video footage of me walking around the studio there. <laughs> Um, they shown us around and stuff. Um, oh, wow. That was well before it died. Now, I was read, reading this book. I, I used to pick up every day, and I think, oh, I might as well buy that one at <laughs> some point, and I did. And um, so I think that's influenced my new album a bit about looking at things a bit differently again, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, well, a great artist, you know, massively influential, you know. Um, but it's always been there subconsciously. But again, it's still with the Beatles, the Kinks, and the Who, and everybody else. Yeah. But um, when I sit down and write a song or something, I never think about those people. But somehow, some things are going to come out somewhere along the line about it, you know. Um, and um, it's like the Buzzcocks have influenced a lot of people. It's art feeds a heart, you know. That's that's the way it goes. And uh, so, but yeah, it's very sad that. He's gone at 69, I think he was. Mm-hmm. Um, a sad loss, you know. Yeah, definitely. 
And um, do you still listen to the radio? Do you feel like that's something that's still a part of your everyday life? Or do you think that do you think that radio is kind of not as influential as it used to be? Yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't really listen to radio much because, uh, well, I'm always busy doing something else. I'm, I'm <laughs> making my own film by walking around and going to bars and looking at people and talking to people. You know? Uh-huh. Uh huh. <clears throat> I think it's mainly because of radio controllers <laughs> ah, that can mm-hmm. control our lives with uh, what they think you should be listening to. You know? <clears throat> I right. mean, they're making programs, but it's like, you know, <clears throat> you don't need to go to movies to have a director telling you what a film and life's about, really, in some ways. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And most of them are not that good, really. <laughs> well, not these days, okay. I don't think. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, depends, the, most of them are yeah. boring. You know, blockbusters, what? I, I, yeah, yeah. Blockbuster <laughs> movies are not, you know. But um, I do like Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks' movies always have a weird, simple moral story to them, you know. So I do like his stuff at the modern thing. And I, I like Creed as well. I do like Rocky, you know. I, am, uh, I, I like Rocky too because it's like, you know, making the comeback and, you know, it's like a symbolic of life in a way. You've got to pick up yourself and carry on in life and it's all a battle, you know. Yeah. You know, you're going through all the difficulties. Just so I'm to the box in the, uh, in the boxing ring, you know. <laughs> right, definitely. But really, it's the boxing ring of life, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I made that album, Serious Contender, that was influenced by that a little bit. About, you know, life's existential boxing ring, really. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, I, I try to find the uplifting spirit about things in, in what I do, really. Um, most of the time, you know, you can't always be on that up, but trying to look for that inspiration, you know. Right. And to pass it on, you know, if you're going to do it, to pass that on to people, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, to at least put it in the music, you know. Right. Um, uh, so that's that, yeah. Oh. Oh. I hear screaming. I'm just outside a bar in Camden. There's a lot of noise on them. There's a lot of black guys' hoodies on <laughs> Shouting and screaming each other, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so that's the ambience at the back here. Oh, okay. Be safe out there. Um, yeah. you have to I'm still kind of observing. Oh. <laughs> oh. You have to get that inspiration, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when you see these me. things, like that, that, what I've just seen now past yeah. could be in a film, you know. <laughs> Um, Each of us are making our own film. We just don't, we just don't realize we're making our own film. That's the thing. Exactly. Uh, do you have time for a few more questions? Just don't think I'm not a director. I'm just a person on the street, but we're all directors, really. <laughs> you sure are. You sure are. Uh, one more, a uh, couple more questions. Uh, do you think uh, punk was inevitable, or was it a catalyst created by Malcolm McLaren? No, it was inevitable. I mean, uh, before punk, I, I was kind of feeling that way anyway. Um, I think Malcolm McLaren just crystallised it a bit. He was a, a protagonist in 
um, you know, bringing it together, really, or, or um, creating what he did with the Sex Pistols. And, of course, when we heard the Sex Pistols, then we realised that <clears throat> it's a similar thing, you know, about, what about the attitude initially and all that, and the way of looking at music and seeing things, you know. Um, it's all about that, really. Um, and I thought, you know, like a lot of people, oh, I feel like that too, you know. It was exciting, it was, um, you know, it opened up your consciousness a little bit about things, opened up your mind about things, and uh, I made it great, really. Um, but also, like I said, before that, I was thinking that anyway, you know. Because when I was trying to form a band, then I was thinking along those lines, we need some exciting music to look to for the, that generation. Mm. <clears throat> Having said that, and then once that initial explosion, everybody had to be, you know, uh, make songs or at least, you know, become something of their own identity within it. And um, mm -hmm. that's what happened. You know, all the bands became what they're known for. The Buscoats came the Buscoats, the Clash came the Clash. And you know them for who they are a bit later, you know. Right. Um, so, you know, that was... That was a major thing, but it's weird. Sometimes in, in life, just like in San Francisco, when all the hippie things were going, mm -hmm. I mean, that was a great time, you know. Even even though punk sort of kind of pushed that away eventually, um, there were still a lot of great things about all that hippie thing, you know. Mm -hmm. and, but, you know, life evolves and turns and changes just like the sea, and then, it, you know, it was like, Punk had to happen, really. Right. <clears throat> uh, let's see, next question. Well, like uh, I say, when, when, my, when my new album, I'm just thinking, I've done a lot of punk albums, you know, and um, mm -hmm. I still will, but I thought it's my solo album. I'll start doing something different on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a very, it's almost like an internal journey of like pre punk 70s stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. when music meant something and you can get on a whole trip with it, you know. So that's what I've done. That's why it's called Inner Space Times. It's like a little journey, you know. Mm -hmm. To sit down and listen to the record and get into yourself through the music, mm -hmm. you know. And find yourself that way. I mean, punk was quite outward in a lot of ways, you know. Like an outward attack. This is more internal journey, you know. Right. So I, I've just been thinking like that on this one. Next, next one I'll change again. But that's what I'm saying. It's it, gonna keep changing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Keep uh, morphing <laughs> or evolving. Mm -hmm. That's the right word. You're going to evolving, rather. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I just thought, well, it's no point going in and doing the same album you've done before. Right. But this one I'm very pleased with. You know, but it's it's, it's quite internal. <laughs> <laughs> But good, yeah. Um, <coughs> is, is the song... Um, but that's the way I'm thinking at the moment, Ralph. You know, the only reason I'm saying that, sorry, and the reason I'm saying that is because um, uh -huh. it's like, you know, you just, um, you've got to, you know, at this stage for me, I've got to find new things that, you know, interest me and have a go at, you know. But it's kind of like that. You make an album and then the next, once you've made that album, then you're thinking about the opposite or something else, you know. 
It's like that's where you are at that moment in time on the photograph on your iPhone, you know. Like, right. wow, that's amazing. But now, you know, you wake up the next day and then you're either down or you're up. <laughs> exactly. You never so know. I'm, I'm riding that, you know. That mm-hmm. nothing's constant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, what, um, and, uh, you know, life ain't constant. It's like, well, let's get into the excitement of that, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, the album All Set was recorded in Berkeley, California, here in the Bay Area. Yeah. Tell us tell us why you decided to record here and what that experience was like. Um, I think I, I'm just I can't quite remember how that evolved, but it was um, <laughs> I think we were on, we were on tour somewhere. Yeah. And we uh, we were in South America and it was like well, we could do this album in um, yeah. San Francisco, and that sounded interesting for us. You know, like, mm-hmm. well, that's different. And we had a great time there at Fantasy Studios. There's this guy, a uh, producer guy, Neil Smith, and I think he wanted to do it as well. And it was like, well, let's come from uh, Brazil and Argentina. And then I think from Rio, we got the um, flight to Fantasy Studios, which is great. So it's been a great few weeks there. And um, we felt, because normally we always record in London and stuff, and say, well, right. that's mm-hmm. something different. You know. I've seen some great songs on that, but I just don't think it was compiled right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think it, it, we compiled it right. Really. Uh-huh. You've got a lot of Pete's songs at the beginning, a lot of my songs at the end, where is what we did with the way was alternating. Right. Which... Which I realised from that old set album, um, if you could um, uh, go back and uh, uh, put them in a, a different lineup of things, um, then it would have worked a lot better, I think, you know. Right. But it, it's something you learn along the way sometimes. It's like, well, oh, yeah, didn't realise that. And then you think, hold on a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we should have done it that way, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Things happen at the time, and that's the way it goes. And but um, certainly we had a great time there. It was great recording in the Fantasy Studios, you know. Mhm. <clears throat> Enjoying yeah. the Bay Area. <laughs> um, oh yeah, well it was nice. It was all sunny and you know different environment to the cold rain of London recording. <laughs> Maybe that goes on the tape or the digital thing. Maybe that reflects. Right. Um, but, you know, different experience that way. That was good. You know, it was, um, it was a good thing to do. And the only disappointment about that album, Booker T was going to play keyboards on some of my songs, and he said he'd do it, then we couldn't find him. <laughs> oh, no. We spent about four days looking for him. <laughs> Where is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think he was ill or uh, something happened to him, but it, that would have been great to have Booker T on the album, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's always another record. We, we met him and had a chat with him, and uh, <laughs> he said, yeah, I'll do it, and then he, then he's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, it's not because he didn't want to do it, it's just that I think he was either ill or he had to do something. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, great time, uh, the fantasy studio times, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Good times. 
And speaking of the Bay Area, you're going to be in San Francisco on Wednesday, May 25th, next week. And mm. you're going to be playing a couple shows in California. Do you feel like, um, you, feel like you have a big fan base here on the West Coast compared to uh, some other states in the Union? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've... We've spent more time over the last few years on the West Coast, yeah. Um, um, mainly because we don't do the long tours of the whole country now. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's a long haul and we've done that many times, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the honest reason is it involves too much uh, drugs and rock and roll. <laughs> it's, it, it gets a little crazy when they're on tour buses. Um, right. So, um, um, but you know, we love coming to California and all that, and um, doing all the West Coast and everything. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice, and then we, I think we're going to do the East Coast a bit later on. And um, but we are going to Denver as well, and Aspen and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try and cover it separately now, rather than uh, do it all in one go. You know. Got it. But okay. but also okay. we've we've got shows in Europe and Britain as well. So um, I don't know the you know the agent you know the people that saw it all out. It's like oh, you've got this and that. So it's it's trying to fit everything in as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's, there's um, certain festival you know festivals in Britain and Europe that we kind of say we're going to do, and then then it's sort of like oh we're going to the states as well and. Or other places, and, you know, it's trying to fit it all in. You know. Right. It's trying to make the, the perfect Rubik's cube, which is always difficult. I've <laughs> <laughs> okay, never been able to figure that one. Out. <laughs> it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and what are your plans after the 40th anniversary of this year? You're going to be doing some extensive touring this year. Where do you see the band going um, next year and beyond? Well, next year we're going to do more specialised gigs, I think. Um, okay. Cause we, we're, we're on the road all, all year this year. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've covered a lot of ground doing all that, um, playing everywhere. That, you know, we, we, we'll fall on this year. So um, we'll take a little uh, time out here and there next year. Um, it's, you know, it, it, we can't just go around again doing all. Um, so we're doing that, you know. But I'm hoping to do some solo gigs here as well with this album. <laughs> I was, you know, um, when this album comes out, I mean, I'm, I'm in there. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of booked up all year, so next next year I'm hoping to find a little space to do a bit of that, you know. And I know Pete wants a break here and there too, you know. He wants a little bit more time off, more than me, really. <laughs> yes, you're ready to go. <laughs> so, um, well, I'm thinking, you know, yeah, you know, he he wants to, you know, spend a little bit more time at home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I'm kind of going, what's wrong with you, man? Let's, yeah, you know, you could do that later on. <laughs> um, <laughs> So um, um, 
Um, so, you know, there'll be more specialised shows next year. And I say, we, we, you know, we're full on this year. With, it's like the year of punk and the 40th year of Buzzcocks. And um, so we're trying to tour as much as we can this year mm -hmm. to kind of celebrate that and, you know, be involved in it all. Um, um, but then, you know, maybe we need to step back a little bit from it then, you know. Just have a little uh, breathing space from it, really. Yep, that's um, important. So that's what we'll do. So I'm thinking if that's the case, then I'm, you know, I'll try and put this solo band together and uh, and do something out here and there, you know. Mm -hmm. But also, I'd like to do some more writing, even though I've just done this album. I'm thinking, might as well keep going, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Let it flow. <laughs> Let it flow, yeah. <laughs> it's all still there. <laughs> and speaking, uh, speaking of writing, um, we know that you write songs. And do you ever write poetry, or do you ever write love poems? I used to, but the, I think the songs on on this album are done. I know I keep referring back to that now, but that's probably uh -huh. what I've been doing. But they're quite poetic, some of the new ones, you know. Mm -hmm. Um there's um uh, the inner space time track, you know, it's got there's beauty in the river, beauty in the sky. Nothing can touch what I see in your eye. Mm -hmm. The undertaker rings his bell, says to himself he's not feeling well. Inner space times <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's like kinda of getting on a train or a journey. You know, mm -hmm. you, I think it kind of starts off, all aboard, you've got nothing to lose. From your head right down to your blue suede shoes. <laughs> Take a little turn at the traffic lights, say to yourself, it'll be all right in a space time. Mm -hmm. So those are games quite poetic, you know. Right. <laughs> um, so I think there's a bit of poetry on this. I mean, sometimes... I'll, I mean, I've got loads of scraps of paper in the house full of words everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm on the back of um, all kinds of things, sometimes when you're on the road writing lines, and then I tend to lose a lot of them as well. <laughs> but, but they're kind of ideas that, you know, you know, I, I mean, it's, that's kind of getting, like, close to a bit of writing poetry, you know. Right. Sometimes I find when you when you when you're writing like a poem, they don't always have the swing and the jive to fit into a song, and you have to rephrase some of it you know, to make it a bit more rock and roll exactly. to fit into the song. Which sometimes I think, oh, that's a shame, but it doesn't scan well within the song. You know? Right. Um, but um, I should write more of that really on the road, really. Yeah, I always take a big notebook with me and write stuff down. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff lost as well, you know, and you think, oh, I should, you know, a lot of stuff gets lost word-wise. And then I find of ages after, I think, oh, I could have used that. <laughs> <laughs> but some things stay with you, you know. Mm -hmm. some, some of it's, what stays with you kind of stays with you, and the other bits you think, oh, I've got to kind of let that go, you know, mm -hmm. um, which is always a pity. Or, or, or like I've simply lost it. I've put it with all the other reams of paper. 
I've got loads of notebooks everywhere. I used to have a habit at one time of buying, buying them, um, you know, these big A1 notebooks and them. Every time I came into town, you know, and um, a notebook and a pen every time and kind of <laughs> half the time I won't write anything in because I'd go to the pub or I'd write some bits in. But I've got lots of them. Then. <laughs> and you All think, right. oh, you know, it's serious. Yeah. But occasionally I find them notebooks and I think, oh, it's I wish I'd have found that earlier. I could have used some of that, you know. <laughs> I've always the next time. But, uh, well, yeah, you know, some good bits in each. I'm not very organised, you see, sometimes at all. It's quite a chaotic life. So, But I think if I was, it might be too precise, you know. Mm -hmm. All right, well, last question. And sometimes in the moments of desperation, right, words, or you get some words. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I mean, sometimes I'll write a verse and think, that works really well. I'll do the others later, you know. And then if you can do it all in the moment, it all kind of works. But you've got to go back to that feeling and emotion and the time you were thinking it to do the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But it's it's like Michelangelo when he was, you know, did the Sistine Chapel. He's like, well, I'll get some guys to paint that bit and that bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he didn't do it all, you know. It's kind of like I'll leave the blank spaces, you know. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that can be for the good as well, because you think, oh, I wouldn't have had these sort of lines, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, when you're under pressure a bit, then sometimes lines come out then as well. It's like, oh, I've got to get to... Oh, I must remember doing that third verse or something. And um, maybe this time I'll let some to the last minute. And, mm -hmm. um, it just works out as well as sitting down there thinking I must... Because quite often I do have a lot all sorted out. But, like, with this album, it's like, oh, I'll sort that out later, you know, the second or third verse. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, certain moments when you really have to do it, it's like, oh, well, I better do something for that, you know. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, good things come up like that, you know. Yeah. So it works all ways, you know. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> being, like, Tarzan in the old days in them films and he used to grapple with the alligator in the swamp. <laughs> you know, you kind of wrestling, wrestling with all this stuff. Right. There's no set thing to it. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no set thing to it. You know, you can't really sit down after time and say, I'll write a song exactly to its thing, you know. It never comes out completely how you thought it would or whatever, or it goes somewhere else better, you know. And... Yeah, you know, that's what it's exciting about doing it as well. You, know? you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> that is true. That is a true statement. <laughs> well, you, right. yes, you've just got to, like, understand that. You know, you've just got to upset that and think, okay, well, that's the way it works. <laughs> that's how it happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can't plan out your life and you can't really plan out a song that... Straightforward, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last question I have for you today, and then I will let you go. Mm -hmm. What is your fondest uh -huh. memory? Hmm? What is your fondest memory of playing in San Francisco? What is my? <laughs> what is your? My fondest. <laughs> fondest. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, yeah, uh, my, my what? Can, can you hear me? <laughs> um, yes. What is your, what is, what's the memory from being in San Francisco that sticks out in your mind, like a performance or something out of the ordinary that you thought was significant? Um, uh, many memories, really, you know. I just thought the first time we went there, went, went to Haight and Ashby, I thought, wow, it's amazing, I've made it here, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but um, it's just a good vibe, you know. I remember doing a lot of drinks in the, in the mission area one time. Uh-huh. I had a day off from Fantasy Studios and stuff. Uh-huh. I went all around the bars there. Nice. In the old wild days. <laughs> uh-huh. um, oh, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, you know, San Francisco's got its own vibe, you know. I mean, you've got Los Angeles and all that, but um, San Francisco's like a village, isn't it, in, in some ways. It's more right. intimate and homely in some ways. Yeah. So great. I like that about it as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, great. Well, thanks again for taking the time today. Yeah. And um, it was a pleasure to speak with you again, as always. Yeah. <laughs> Love me to talk to you as always. Um, I've got to go home and pack a bag sometimes. <laughs> I'm just I'm in the bar to... right now. Uh, with uh-huh. a few, catching up with a few friends of mine. Um, oh. I have to leave, leave them soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, be safe out there in good old Camden Market. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to a bit of San Francisco weather. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it'll be sunny. <laughs> yep, fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay um, then. Yeah. Um, All good. All right. Okay. Well, well I'll go and kiss them. I've got to say goodbye to these friends, some record company people, and this and that, and oh, okay. all that stuff. So, um, I'll see you in San Francisco. <laughs> I will see you soon. Yep. All right. Take okay. care. Yeah. Okay. You too. Uh, all right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. He, you're giving me the hibbijibs. Yeah, a little bit. Because the Buzzcocks are going to be playing at Slims on Wednesday. Oh, shit. Oh, you're shit. I just got a tweet from Mark Ronson. He's going to be DJing in LA oh, you personally, tonight. You personally got a tweet. He's going to be there tonight. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well, you know that he's working with um, he's working with Lady Gaga and her new album, right? Mm, so that'll be exciting. But anyways, if you're just tuning in, um, I just aired my interview with uh, Steve Diggle from the Buzzcocks, and they're going to be in town on Wednesday. They're doing a West Coast tour to celebrate their 40th uh, anniversary. And it's pretty exciting if you're a fan of theirs. Um, definitely make an effort and check them out. Um, I'm trying to get Crystal into the show because she hasn't had a chance to see them yet. I've never seen them. And I feel like it's really important for <laughs> people to see them at least once. Yeah, to experience <laughs> the, the Cox. To experience the Cox live. And uh, the Residuals, they're from the East Coast. They're going to be opening for them. Uh, they toured with them, I think, last, last year when I mm-hmm. saw them uh, on the East Coast. And 
and it's bound to be a great show. Um, they're playing in Vancouver tonight, so good luck to them. I think it's a sold-out sold show wow. um, in Vancouver and also tomorrow night in Seattle at, uh, it's called Numos, I think. But, um, I mean, it's kind of a given because they have, they just have a, one of my questions was, do you like coming to California or do you like coming to the West Coast? And it just seems like the past couple of years. That's what they've been hitting. That's pretty much what they've been doing. And also the East Coast as well. They just have, that's where most of the, the fans are. And, uh, yeah. Not the South. <laughs> what? Not the South, apparently. I, I think they did a bunch a of tours. Yeah. In, in the South. Um. Since, um, but they, it seems like last time they came, it was only like New York and LA, right? Yeah, and then they went to Chicago, they did oh, like okay. the Midwest too, so mm-hmm. I guess you know, denser populations, yeah. And then I sense. think they've played South by Southwest, but a long time, you know, like 10 years ago or something. Right. But, um, yeah, he said that in the future they're going to be doing just very particular, they're going to be more particular about what cities they're playing in because they don't want to tour the entire country anymore that makes sense gonna do more focused shows because they're all partied out well well i'm sure like at their age they're just kind of like okay this is the cities where we make money so we're just gonna make sure we hit those and yeah you know they're too probably a little too old exactly a little smaller cities but Mm -hmm. I'm sure they still rock it. Yeah, and they're still releasing, you know, new music here and there, but not as often. Um, but they make a lot of money um, through the merch. Really? <laughs> yeah, I know that from working um, last year. Yeah, Asia worked God. merch for the Vescox. Oh, my God, that was insane. In San Diego and where? Um, San Diego and then on the East Coast shows, New York and... Um, Jersey? Jersey, yeah, Ashbury Park. Damn. So I know firsthand, I'm like, dude, these guys make bank. <laughs> Were you the only one handing out shirts? Yeah. That must have been stressful. It was. Back. I mean, they're a good deal. They're only like 20 or 30 bucks, I think. But, yeah. I mean... They make, they sell out of shit too. Yeah, so I should go to Buscat shirt. Yes, you sold. That's odd. <laughs> there, well, they have like the limited, I have like the limited edition mm-hmm. one made by somebody in San Diego. So that was kind of cool. Oh, cool. Um, so I like, you know, a lot of Aisha, people. What? Oh, <laughs> sober. It says yeah. be sober. I'm trying to be sober. It still looks like you, Aisha. It really does. It really you does. You should ask the artist if you could have the face part of it i'm gonna be like is that did you have me in mind because that's i had you in mind (laughs) that's totally my twin it's totally my twin um but anyways don't forget buzzcocks doing a west coast tour get your tickets now before they sell out and um one of my favorite bands from the punk era if not anyone else (laughs) because there were a bunch of them but, um, that is true, and they That's weren't they weren't around that long in the beginning. They they were around during that five year initial period, seventy six to Manchester scene. Yeah, eighty seventy six. Uh, I think it was eighty one or eighty two, and then they got back together in eighty nine, and then um, they did the final tour with Nirvana, which I've already talked to him about that, but. Um, that's a pretty pretty significant memory. Um, but anyways, go check them out and uh, stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio.
decorated set. Is the beginning is the end. That's or a good was song. It? Yeah. Yeah. We should uh, play that next time. So that was the Cure from their first album, Three Imaginary Boys. The song's called So What. Uh, you're going to see them on Thursday. I am. Hopefully they play that song and then I'll know it. Ooh. What I mean. That would be good. Yeah. And before that was the Who. With, mm-hmm. uh, I don't mind. They were. They played at Oracle on Thursday. <laughs> I know. I know. You wanted to go so badly. I would love to see them. I know. I know. I will. I feel. I f- kind of feel like they're going to be around for a minute. Are they going to be at Old Cello or whatever it's called? Old Cello. Oh yeah, you're right. They are going to be at that festival. There's an opportunity for you. Um, so far, yeah, it's so far. I mean, Oracle would have been ideal, but I guess next time when I'm not going to see the Buzzcocks three times in a row. <laughs> You know me. And before that was Best Coast with Feeling Okay from the album California Nights. We just saw them and I got into a fight. You got into a fight. <laughs> we couldn't see waves because I get you, physical. Yeah, you got beat up. Physical. Um, or you beat a guy up. Sorry. 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 <laughs> Don't beat me up now. Um, but it was I such a t- good show. I liked it a lot. Oh. I have a tendency to do that. Yeah. Yes, I take control of the microphone. <laughs> you take control of a lot of things. <laughs> Fight especially. Will I? Yeah. <laughs> well, he was a dick to you. Yeah, he was a dick to me. You didn't deserve that. I didn't. You deserve better. Well. But anyways, we did. We saw them. 
And again, um, aired an interview I did with Steve Dickel, one of the original members of the Buzzcocks, English punk rock band from good old Manchester. Manchester. And uh, they're going to be in town on Wednesday night if you're going to be in the Bay Area. If you live on the West Coast, they might be stopping in a town near you. So go check out their website, buzzcocks.com. Um, they're also going to be playing two shows in SoCal at the Mayan on Thursday night and the Observatory on Saturday night. And I'm going to be going to all three of those. So I'm pretty excited. Crazy. I know. I just can't get enough woman. <gasps> <laughs> or man. Well, man. <laughs> man, woman. Can't get enough of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. it'll, be, it'll be my, it's my vacation and I'm just taking advantage of all of it are you renting a car um i get to borrow my mom's car apparently wow congrats on yeah. having your mom let you borrow her car. i know i asked her and you're was, only almost in your 30s i'm gonna be 30 <laughs> in less in a month and it it's finally amazing. happened congrats. really took that long that's the top sometimes you gotta earn your trust yeah. so apparently i've done it that. only took 30 years it's a lifetime in the making if you want to tell like it is Mm. and we just did well anyways it's been a pleasure and i guess we'll be back in two weeks we'll be oh yeah we're not gonna be here next week yeah i won't be be out of town i'm not gonna do any remote broadcasts i can't promise you that oh hell no but um stay tuned for more mutiny radio Sidekicks, rock and fly kicks, honey's wanna chat, but all we wanna know is where the party at. And can I bring my jack? If not, I hope I don't get shot. Better throw my vest on my chest, cause niggas is a mess. It don't take nothing but fun for me to start something. Bucking and bucking at niggas like I was stuck on Dumbing out just me and my crew, cause all we wanna do is.